The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and it's finally here. It's down under week. We're headed to Australia for this year's President's Cup, and we've assembled the team once again to break this whole thing down. So let's bring them in. On the line, we've got Kyle Porter. Are you ready, sir, for uh, long nights and kangaroos? I <laughs> that, that caught me off guard. Yeah, I I am. I've got a I've got a grounds crew outside my uh, my shed right now. If anybody knows, I I do these from my shed. I write from my shed. So uh, if anybody hears that while we're taping, I apologize in advance. But yeah, I'm ready for uh, I'm ready for some kangaroos and some. Uh, it's it's not. It's like. I don't know what it is. It's not coffee golf. It's like wine golf, but like two. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Uh, we're we're gonna be up late this week. Yeah, and they're they're getting the uh, the grounds outside the shed ready, just like they're getting Royal Melbourne ready right now as we speak. And let's also bring in Mark Immelman. Uh, I know this is a, a great week for you. It's a great week for all of us. How will you be consuming the Presidents Cup uh, in the next couple of days? Well, truth, I'll be consuming the President's Cup. And, Carl, I just want to check. It's not Mark Leishman outside your house. <laughs> <laughs> uh, last, last time I checked, no. No, but it, but they do have those, you know those things at Augusta where they, like, sweep the, like, get the leaves off the green, or get the sand off the greens? Those, like, whip-looking things? I think they got a few of those with the leaves. So we're, we're good. We're good over here. Uh, I'm going to actually be, Rick, on the uh, PGA Tour Live uh feature groups coverage of the uh, President's Cup, so I'll be um, I won't be having wine, that's for certain. <laughs> <laughs> but down in Panavidra in the headquarters there, the entertainment headquarters and looking forward to being a part of the call and, and sort of being the international correspondent, I guess, um, given that a few American guys are my uh, fellow announce colleagues. I, I love it. Well, we'll certainly be tuning in to you, Mark. Looking forward to uh, seeing you over there. So let's 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 jump into this. I mean, uh, we've talked a lot about the President's Cup over the past, I mean, going back five weeks when the when the captain's picks were made, but it's here. Uh, we'll go through kind of the schedule of events that are going to happen because, you know, we need a little refresher uh, since we only kind of get this format a couple times every, you know, we get it at the Ryder Cup, we get it at the President's Cup, but uh, we're going to start on Thursday in Australia, which is Wednesday night here stateside, which is uh, I will continue to use the United States time zones moving forward. Uh, we'll start with four ball matches, which, you know, is really just the opportunity for every golfer to play their own ball. Lowest score wins. That's that's the whole uh, Friday will be foursomes, which, you know, is, is I guess, more commonly known um, for the non President's Cup crew as alternate shot. Uh, then we'll do four ball and foursomes again on Saturday morning and Saturday afternoon, culminating with the Sunday singles, uh, where everyone is gets to finally play, you know, no team format, gets to play one on one versus their opponent. 
and uh, there are 30 points available here, so one point for a win, half point for a tie, and if they do uh, finish this 15 all, they share the cup. Kyle, if you are in charge of this first move, you'd make this like a, a tiebreaker or, you know, the, the the team who had it retains it, right? We can't have ties in this. Yeah, I, yeah. No, <laughs> I, I, I agree. And, and I think I think the Ryder Cup does it. I think the thing for me that's so interesting is you've got 30 points available, which is, you know, the fewer points available, the more chance an underdog has, right? Like if, yeah. if there's only one match that you can play, the international team has a much better shot. I, I wish they would reduce that down even more, maybe 24, maybe 28. I realize you're reducing the amount of golf you have, but I think that would kind of help the, uh, the, the event as a whole right now. Well, I think that's interesting because we've, we've kind of talked about the, the international side and, and the, uh, the run that they've been on only winning the president's cup once tying it, uh, on another occasion. So, you know, opening up the range of outcomes might be beneficial to this international team. Uh, Mark, I think that's a good, a good pla- pass, oh, excuse me, good place to pass this over to you. With these different formats, you know, four ball versus foursomes, uh, there are certainly some players that I imagine, uh, will enjoy playing their own ball. Uh, uh alternate shot format is, challenging there's a lot of communication involved a lot of it might depend on which type of ball you're actually playing they might you know partner up the titleist guys together can you kind of just discuss um some of the intricacies between you know four ball foursomes and how they might go about pairing these guys for these situations well first off uh you're you're so right rick that the alternate shot the foursomes format is very difficult you know at the outset anyone's like well we're going to play alternate shot this is easy but uh, (laughs) There's an emotional element that's brought to bear when you like this because obviously there's high pressure on every shot and the margins on a firm and fiery golf course like uh, Royal Melbourne will be are very, very fine. So if you're on your own ball and you miss a shot, then you're like, okay, it's okay. I've got the next shot at least. But when you're over a shot and you don't want to leave your your partner in the proverbial doo-doo, it brings (laughs) a little extra to this thing. So, you know, the golf ball, these guys, they, they can fit around that pretty well and and let's say you use Titleist and I use Bridgestone. When I have the tee, I can use my Bridgestone golf ball. Or when you have the tee, you can use your Titleist. So you're not relegated to just one ball throughout the match. So that's a key factor to bear in mind. But from the international's point of view, this alternate shots, I, I just don't think they've paired off well in the past. And it's not because people haven't had matching games. It's just because, they, in my opinion, they haven't had matching personalities, really. Um, whereas this year's edition of the team, um, Sung J.M., Ben Ahn, I have to believe they'll play together. Cam Smith, Mark Leishman, they've you know threatened in the World Cup together. Uh, Adam Scott, Hideki Matsuyama have played together in a previous President's Cup. And, and you've got natural pairings here. So, so, so I think you not just have guys that, whose games sort of match each other. You've got that element of comfortability. Like with the two Koreans, you know, they can use their, they speak in their own language and they can effectively shut out the competition and whatever else in so doing. So it's an uncomfortable format. It places pressure on one. And so having a guy by your side who you know well, who like the Americans, they play practice rounds together. That is a pretty big deal. And for the first time in certainly my uh, recollection, the internationals have a situation like that. Yeah, it is interesting. And I want to, I want to follow up because this is, uh, one of the things that I always consider, cause you mentioned it, Mark. You said, 
you know, if I, if I play a Titleist and you play a Bridgestone, I, I can hit a, a Titleist off the tee. But what I've actually heard these guys do, and correct me if I'm wrong here, is whoever's going to be hitting the second shot. Uh, they want to be playing their own ball. And my assumption around this is that, um, you know, hitting a full, a full swing out of uh, ideally the fairway and trying to control the spin and things like that, that second shot might be the most important to know what your ball is going to do. Um, am I, I don't want to drag this whole thing down into the weeds on my little, uh, personal, uh, you know, adventure here, but what do you think about that? No, you're, you're spot on, Rick, absolutely. And especially at Royal Melbourne, where the conditions are always firm, the greens are devilish, man. If you're above some of these whole locations, you've got nary a chance of two-putting. So so being able to control the trajectory you know, for one, yeah. windy conditions, because there are a number of holes there. They're pretty close to the coastline where there's some cross breezes. So keeping the flat under control, certainly managing the spin for the ball's reaction on the greens, a big ti- a big big time deal so approach shots third shots it's very important um really royal melbourne off the tee is it's it's pretty wide open because it's a mckenzie design we'd like to give you options off the tee dr alistair mckenzie so you can play the safe route but if you do it'll make your second shot a little harder so it's not going to put as much pressure on the driver in my opinion unless the wind really kicks up is definitely going to be a second and third shot golf course so so playing the ball with which you're comfortable in alternate shot is a pretty big deal yeah interesting stuff so let's let's talk a little bit about royal melbourne and it's you know it's an old course founded in 1891 there are actually a few courses over there the west course regularly ranked as one of the top courses in the world it's hosted 18 australian opens uh the 1998 2011 and now the 2019 president's cup so kyle when i was going through you know, the previews on, on, um, on the President's Cup website. To me, it looked like, you know, some, some, we've got some blind tee shots. Um, it looks like there's going to be a lot of strategy involved here. It looks like there's multiple, multiple ways to play a lot of these holes. When you were doing your research around Royal Melbourne, did you kind of get that, that same type of feel or do you think there is a specific skill set that can find success this week? Well, I, I think it's a little bit of both. I think the former, it's true, and, and the reason that it's true is because it's it's going to be firm, and it's going to be fast, and when you have firm and fast, and you have a, a very nuanced course, it it creates um, it creates decisions that you have to make, right? And, and it creates uh, this dichotomy of like, well, we could do this based on what the what the match is right now, or if on the 17th we're up two, you know, we're up one, we could do this. Like that's what I want. Yeah. I, now I, I want a stopwatch on it because I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to watch it all day. But in match play with the best players in the world, I want that strategy uh, and that decision making. But all that having been said, I, I think what a lot of that means, and, and we've talked about this a little bit with the course, but it, it's fairly open, and I think fast and firm means great iron play, right? It means being able to stick uh, a six iron, a five iron, a seven iron from distance, not necessarily next to the hole, but where you want it on the green to, to have a run at birdie. So uh, I think it's a little bit of both, and I think, you know, we always holler about, man, I wish they'd play some of these these um, these match play events, these team events on better courses. This is one of the best courses in the world, and I yeah. think – because it's firm and fast, which I'm glad they did, and and uh, there was an article in Reuters that talked about how how Tiger and Ernie were pushing for that, which I'm I'm really glad for, and that's not a surprise because those guys are firm <laughs> and fast players. Um, but because of all that, I think we're going to see a really interesting event this week. 
Well, you, you made a point that I, I hadn't even considered, and I guess it would have dawned on me as they would have been out there playing. But what you're alluding to, Kyle, is because you can play this course uh, of various ways, uh, where you're at in the match almost might dictate how you're going to play it. So there might be more risk reward, uh, tee shots that you want to take on if you're down, if you're down a hole, or hey, you might take a conservative route if you're, you know, you're dormy or something like that. That's what you're alluding to, correct? Which I think is a really awesome point of this course. Yeah, which is, which is great news for the international team, right? Because you, you're going to have opportunity. You go, you go and play a, um, you know, just like a, a, a point and shoot course and it's like, well, you're, you're going to get smoked by Justin Thomas and Dustin Johnson, right? Like you're right. just, it's, that's not going to happen, but you go play a course where it's, it's risk reward and maybe you take on a couple of holes in the first five and then all of a sudden you're two up and it just, it changes the entire, I think, feel of the event. And I think that's a great thing, not just for the international team, but for the event as a whole as well. Yeah, and, and Mark, I, I really, this is another thing that we hear, you know, every two years, right? Whether it's at the President's Cup or at the Riders' Cup, or yeah, at the Ryder Cup, it's, it's one of these things where we always hear, you know, the home team, quote, gets to set up the course or something to that effect, right? And I guess for, you know, for me, for the listening audience, t- tell us what that means. What are they actually able to do course condition wise? And is it a big deal that they can maybe potentially set it up towards their their players' skill set? Just kind of walk us through that. Well, they they certainly can, and we've seen the Europeans do this, um, you know, almost a, a masterstroke, if you will, how they've set up their golf courses when the Ryder Cup has been held in Europe. Like in France last year, uh, there was some very narrow fairways, some thick rough, so it placed a premium on driving accuracy, which invariably is the Americans' bugaboo. Americans. Mm-hmm largely off the tee are longer and more powerful and than the European stars are. Um, so there's one. And then speeds of greens and receptiveness of greens is entirely a, a different deal too. And so whenever you go to Europe for a Ryder Cup, you're going to expect slow greens, which basically whips up on the American folks because on the PGA Tour, you know, average green speeds are around the 12.5 clip and then you get up into so 13 plus in the major championships where at the Open Championship, for argument's sake, because of winds and such, you're lucky to see speeds of 11. So, so green speeds are a big deal in how the course is set up. Now, as it pertains to Royal Melbourne, it's this composite course between the east and the west. You know, there's a mixture of long and short holes, and all of them are very linksy. Bunkering defines this golf course. Now, you can't necessarily grow the rough in very much because it's like native fescue grass. It's wide fairways. That's just how it's going to be. It's right out there in front of you. Um, the green speeds, they are going to be fast just because they're going to get baked in the sun. There's a lot of up, uh, uh, um, uh, humps and hollows and slopes and, and undulations and such. And, 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 and so you better be good out of a bunker and you better be good at lag putting and you better be good um, sort of controlling the distance of the golf ball. So as far as I'm concerned, the only thing that plays into the home team's advantage here is it's kind of got that Lynx feel to it. You know, it's the, the, you've got to flat the ball down. You've got to play the thing on the ground a little bit more, whereas in the United States it's more an aerial game with typically not very much wind that's blowing. Yeah, well, those are, those are certainly not my skill sets. So lucky for the U.S., uh, I'm not on that on that roster this week. Um, but Tiger Woods is as a as a playing captain for the U.S. side, first time uh, since 1994 when Hale Irwin uh, did the same thing. And you know, we've talked kind of all week and going back back to the Presidents Cups, pi- Presidents uh, the Captains picks, excuse me, that 
this international team is a pretty formidable underdog. Uh, Las Vegas also agrees with that sentiment. But what I want to do now is kind of make a case for why this international team is going to win or how they're going to win. So um, I have a couple of thoughts on this, and, and this is something that we've chatted about in terms of just opening up the range of outcomes. These these rookies and seven of them on the team – um, it's guys like Joaquin Neiman who are, you know, kind of feast or famine type players, if they get hot for five days, can kind of be that uh, key to victory. So I, I do think between that and maybe some question marks around someone like a Dustin Johnson, who the U.S. team would have expected to rely on, or Tiger Woods, who might not play as much because he is shouldering the captain's role as well. I do think there is a window for the international team to find victory here. But Kyle, I want to hear your case for the international team uh, finding a way to raise the cup at the end of this. Well, I, I think I, I alluded to it a little bit earlier. It's 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 elite iron play on a course where it favors risk reward, and, and you know I, I think the U.S. is going to come out with a pretty good strategy. But if they are if they are meek at all, if they are um, you know not, not just not as aggressive as maybe we're used to seeing them, you know they could they could go out and get beat by a, a Hideki and Ben on team or a Adam Scott and and Mark Leishman team. I think the other thing. There's not like, I know we've talked a lot about how like, oh, well, the, there's more talent on the U.S. side, and that's certainly true, but there's not like these huge liabilities on the international side. I get maybe CT Pan if you want to go there, but like other than that, is there anybody, Hao Tong Lee, I think is a really good player. It just, there's not guys that are ranked like outside the top, you know, 100 or 150 that you're like, what are we doing here? You know, so, yeah. um, I don't know. I, I think the risk reward part of it in terms of the way the course is going to be set up is super interesting. And, and I think that alone uh, combined with, I mean, you, you go down the list, Mark, Mark Leishman, great tee to green, Hideki, unbelievable tee to green, Louie, great tee to green, Adam Scott, tee to green. Uh, and then even some of their, their captain's picks and Ben on Sung JM, these are Joaquin Neiman's top 25 on the PGA tour tee to green. So these are uh, really impressive guys from Tita Green, and and uh, you know if they take some of those holes on early, anything can happen. I think. Yeah, it's it's interesting you brought up CT Pan because uh, Las Vegas kind of agrees with you in terms of um, his contributions to this international team. He's thirty five to one to be the top scorer on the international team. The next worst odds are Adam Hadwin at eighteen to one. So very rare to see someone kind of well below the rest of his team down there. There could be a lot of factors, including you know how much Vegas thinks he's actually going to tee it up. So I'll tee this up for for you, Mark. I mean, you you are our, our appointed international correspondent here right i mean uh we've talked about ca- trying to captain um an underdog team and and what you would say to them in the locker room and um what is it that you're saying to these guys and and how can the internationals pull off pull off this victory well if we just start with ct pan if i'm captain ernie else i'm walking up to him in the locker room and saying big guy you won at the RBC Heritage, which is a narrow golf course. You've got to position your tee shots. The greens are small. There are lots of undulating. We all know how Harbortown Hilton Head is, is, is a really demanding sort of a golf course, and that is right up CT Pan's alley. The breezes blow there. You've got to flat the golf ball down. He's got that gear. He's diminutive, and he plays the, a lower sort of a game than the United States guys do. So it's, it's a situation where... If he gets over the nerves, I think he'll have a field day of the of it down there. Um, but the, the internationals, in my opinion, for them to have success, they need 
their stars to line up and play well. Adam Scott, who's never been on a winning team, has to have a winning record. Hideki Matsuyama has to have a winning record. Louis Westesen, who has played well in, in, in past editions, um, has to have a great record, and as does Mark Leishman. Now, um, Kyle mentioned Adam and Leish. I, I guarantee you're going to see a healthy dose of Mark Leishman and Cam Smith together, yeah. who are a dynamite combination. So I think if those leading guys – Scott Hideki, Leishman, and Louis, if they get out and they lead from the front and they get some points on the board early, that'll free up the the rookies. And, and if the rookies feel like, you know, every point matters, we all know that, but if they feel like there's not as much pressure on them and they can just freewheel, you know, there's nothing like a free-swinging swinging golfer. I don't care what your world ranking is. So if I'm Captain Ernie else, it's about getting my front guys to get going. I put them out early in four balls. I, I, I nail down these combinations and I get guys comfortable as much as you can given the environment. And you just go say, big guy, you're playing Tiger Woods for the day. You know what? If you hmm. make more putts than him, you're earning us a point. And so get out there and go and get it. Yeah, I, I really like the idea of getting out, getting out front and uh, to, to make a, a transition into, uh, into some of those pairings because the, the Leishman Cam Smith one I think is super interesting. Cam Smith has won back to back Australian Opens. These guys played to a T2 in last year's World Cup. I mean, I, I don't know of a more, um, another pairing on this international team, Kyle, that I would be more comfortable with. You know, you know, I can throw Adam Scott with almost anybody because I think he can kind of take them under, under his wing and be a really good, uh, veteran presence. But that Leishman Cam Smith potential pairing to me is like, lock it up, get them out there early, get them out there often and see how many points these big, bo- big boys can bring you. So let's look at some of these U.S. guys. Um, Kyle, there is a few that I think could play together. Uh, we talked about Justin Thomas and Tiger Woods potentially playing together, but what I actually think is going to happen is, is the Fowler-Justin Thomas pairing, given that uh, we know how close they are. They had success at Liberty National. To me, that is a, a slam dunk for, for these guys that are going to, to play together. Would you agree? Hey, good point on Cam Smith, by the way. Did you like our response to that? Yeah, it was beautiful. <laughs> I just moved on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, I I agree with you about Fowler and JT. I, I think that I think it's going to be interesting because I hope Tiger and I know we've said this, but I haven't said it this specifically. I hope he gets himself out of the way. He's going to want to play with JT. They're friends, or I don't know, whatever. They play together a lot. I hope he just kind of gets himself out of the way and lets this thing. Uh, just kind of, just kind of lets it go. I, I think what's going to be interesting is you got a, you got some guys on this team that I'm, and I, who knows, but like, it, you sort of look at them and you're like, does anybody want to play with this guy? Like, 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 <laughs> like where like do you, Bryson? <laughs> yeah, like, where do you put Bryson? Where do you put Patty Reed? You know, like, I, I just, I, I don't know. Maybe you put them together and just have the, the all heel team or something yeah. like that. I, I think that would be fascinating, yep. but, you know, I, the guy that I hope Tiger pairs himself with at least once, if not a couple of times, is uh, is Gary Woodland. I, I think they have uh, a really good rapport. I think, you know, the demeanor there would be really good. But, yeah, I think Fowler-JT is is going to be one of your premium pairings. I, I'm interested to see what they do with DJ. Does he play every session like he would normally? Um, there's a lot of stuff you can do here uh, with, with the number of ball strikers that you have. 
Um, I think Webb is going to be somebody that a lot of guys want to play with. You know, he's just, yeah. uh, he's right down the middle. He makes a ton of putts. I, I think, I think he's a good dark horse for, uh, most points on the U.S. team this year. I like Webb Simpson a lot. Um, there was a stat. I wish I knew who had it so I could credit this, but, um, there was a, a tweet out there that said, you know, Simpson has finished basically in the top 20 of every strokes gain category except off the tee, making him like, okay, there's so many great guys off the tee here. Someone like a Tony Finau where these guys could probably just go out there and, and, and shred Royal Melbourne. So I do think Webb Simpson is interesting. Mark, uh, Kyle kind of alluded to this a little bit, and, and I think that Bryson um, and we and we talked about how flexible and how pliable and how parable some of these guys have been, especially in like an alternate shot format where Bryson is so different or seemingly so different from a lot of these guys. Trying to pair him, like I, I'm not sure he even plays in the alternate shot, just because he's going to have to have a very specific partner with him that can kind of handle him. Don't you think? Well, yeah, Carl, you're fully <laughs> off the Bryson and Patrick Reed Christmas card list, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, Bryson and Tiger have played well together. They, they were, they've played together in Ryder Cups. They play practice rounds together. Yeah, um, you know, Tiger, JT are buddies and such now, but I, it, it would be ludicrous if they split Ricky Fowler and Justin Thomas. Yeah. Um, but to the Bryson thing, I, I think he's imminently parable. I really do, because, you know, you've got a guy who's pretty accurate with the iron game, you you know what you got with him around the greens, and he's a he's an underrated putter to me. And and I'll tell you one thing: you know, someone who's played the game at a pretty high level, and someone who's taught some really good golfers in my day, I, I don't care how much I dislike the guy. If he is hitting shots close, I'm <laughs> loving him. All right. So 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 whereas with the internationals, you've got language barriers and stuff. Yeah, you've just got sort of, yeah, I kind of don't like you in the locker room, but you know what? We're both wearing American flags in our chest right now. Let's put this stuff behind us and let's just get out and go and make birdies. So, so yeah, yeah, it's sort of, I think there's conversation to be had about, you know, groups that work together. Now, I think Tiger and Matt Kuchar would be a dynamite combination. They have yeah. been before. So, so they'll fit Bryson with someone and I wouldn't be surprised if, Granted, he didn't play that well last week, but you know he was experimenting with stuff. I bet you, a golf ball wise and golf club wise, to make sure he gets the most out of the conditions down in Australia that he's going to face. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he sees at least four or five sessions. Yeah, I, I, if I was in charge, instead of playing one ball, they should have to play the same clubs. I'd love to see Tiger try to hit those <laughs> one length clubs. <laughs> wouldn't that be hilarious? Um, yes, yeah, so I, I think. Go ahead. I Kyle. think. Well, my concern with Bryson is that he's not going to know in the, in the weight room whether it's it's going to be kilograms instead of uh, instead of pounds in Australia. I think so. I, I just I don't know if he's going to know which ones to pick up. Yeah, he's well, going to be he's going to be in big trouble. I saw the funniest T-shirt the other day. A friend of mine was becoming an American citizen, and a buddy was invited to the party there. And this guy showed up with the T-shirt that says, "There are two types of countries." Those that landed people on the moon and those that use the uh, metric system of metrics. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a strong correlation between those. That's awesome. Um, cool. Well, we do, you know, what we do have to talk about is, is Patrick Reed because, uh, as I kind of thought, you know, it's Patrick Reed. We, he had the issue with the, the cheating or the, you know, improving the lie unintentionally situation at the Hero World Challenge and, I was kind of in the mindset of, okay, it's President's Cup week. This this might just blow over a little bit, but uh, it kind of hasn't because a couple nope. of pros have spoken out about this. 
most notably a guy that is uh wouldn't you love to see cam smith paired with patrick reed on sunday uh because cam smith was pretty pretty direct on this he said he has no sympathy for anyone that cheats mark that is about as direct as you can get about this don't you think and you know what when i saw this knowing cam smith as i do He's, he's hardly the, he's feisty, don't get me wrong, but he's very softly spoken and he's always quick with a smile and very courteous. So when this came out, I was like, dang, is someone, um, who, who, who would, would the real Cam Smith please stand up? <laughs> so I was like, wow. And, and I, I don't think if they had to face each other in singles, and that's one of the beauties about this President's Cup is the, the coaches sit over from each other and yeah. you put a name down and the opposing coach puts a name down. So, I don't know, maybe Captain Ernie else goes, well, yeah, you put Reed down, I'm coming at you with Cam Smith. But I don't think it's going to be the sort of situation where, where it will be McElroy and Reed, like at Hazel Teen, when they're yeah. both lightning rods for the team and there's a bunch of um, competitive animosity on the go. I think Cam's made his statement. I think some of it was just to create a little stir around the place and grab a headline or two because, you know, if you like that, you, you can sometimes be one up on the first tee. Now, the one thing about Patrick Reed, this guy revels in that sort of bulletin board mm-hmm. sort of stuff. So, so I found it curious. I found it amusing. I thought it was out of, out of character for Cam Smith, but man, roll on Thursday. I can't wait to see what happens. Yeah. That my, my first, uh, my first take was kind of the same thing, Mark, which is, uh oh, like Patrick Reed, I think he embraces being the heel. I think he's fine with that bulletin board material. I don't think you want to give him any of that i i would be a giddy little schoolgirl if on sunday it's cam smith and, and patrick reed going up against one another um so so kyle i mean R- rory also talked about this uh he actually kind of walked it back a little bit and said you know he didn't think it would be a big deal if it wasn't patrick reed which i understand what he's saying um patrick reed has this uh this aura around him he's had these similar type allegations in the past he's just not necessarily one of the more popular golfers um around Uh, do you agree with rory here i'm not sure i do uh no, I mean, I, I agree with, so I think the reason that Rory said that is he, do, he doesn't want the headline of like, you know, Rory says Reed is a cheat or, you know, whatever, yeah. like that, that's, that's not a thing that he wants to deal with over Christmas. Um, but I think that, I mean, he sort of is highlighting the point that I made last week, which, or a couple of days ago, which is just the benefit of the, of the doubt thing. Like yeah. you just, you, you don't, you don't really get it anymore, man. Like you, you've, you've spent all the capital that you have in the benefit of the doubt account and <laughs> there's none left. And so I, I just think that, did you see what, uh, did you see what Fowler said, by the way, about no, this? No, I didn't. He, he said something along the lines of, I don't know why they're even reviewing it, like insinuating that it was such an obvious, like mm. that it was such an obvious thing that it's like, why are they, why is there even a video review of, wow. of, uh, of what's going on? Like it, it and I, and I, I kind of agree with that. Like, right. I mean, if you watch the video, we can talk about camera angles or whatever. It's like, man, you like scoop sand, like a lot of it for like, yeah. I, I just, I don't know. I, I agree with Mark though about Cam Smith. I, every time I've been around Cam Smith, he's very, um, just to himself and just kind of does his own thing. So for him to say that, I think is, uh, I, I don't know if it's like shots fired before the event, but it's certainly uh, going to be a talking point within the international team room. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, Mark. Just because remember he is a rookie. So the internationals got together and like, 
all right, big guy, you the guy's going to say something about this and we're going to defend our seniors. Remember, there is this rookie element on the go and maybe there was a conversation. I don't know this for a fact, so don't quote me. But maybe they were like, yeah, we need to send a bit of a message and Cam, you're kind of the guy, so let's go. I love it. Rookie hazing. <laughs> yeah, go put, go stick your neck out for us, please. Um, all right, cool. Well, here's what we're going to do. I want to talk through um, the odds to be the top scorer for each one of these teams. But quickly, we're going to take a break and hear a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, welcome back. So it is uh, President's Cup odds to be the top scorer, and I've got these here from both the U.S. team and the international team. So uh, let's start with the U.S. team, and I'll just read through them very quickly just so we have a, a starting point here. But Justin Thomas is the favorite to be the top point scorer when it comes to the U.S. team. He is 5-1. to one. Patrick Cantlay, Xander Shoffley, 6-1, to one. Dustin Johnson at 7, Patrick Reed at 10, Tony Finau at 12, along with Ricky Fowler and Tiger Woods. They're all at 12-1. to one. Gary Woodland and Webb Simpson and Bryson DeChambeau all at 14, and Matt Kuchar at 20. So to me, this is a lot about just volume and opportunity. Who, who do you think is going to play the most? Uh, very interested to see that officially Vegas list Tiger Woods at 12 to 1, Kyle, because, you know, we've talked about this. He might not play every session because he's in charge. So that, that to me kind of makes a lot of sense. But, um, you know, someone like Patrick Reed at 10 to 1, who is, you know, I think he's going to play a whole heck of a lot. Or someone like a Webb Simpson, who we mentioned is kind of a dark horse to win this. I think there are a lot of values. Like the, the, the point of the U.S. team being so deep is I could, I could almost make a case for any one of these guys to lead, to lead the team. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I love Webb at 14. He was so good in Paris. I mean, taking down Justin Rose in Paris on a Sunday with the Ryder Cup on the line, that's just, that's sick. That was, that was really underrated. Um, I think the other thing is like, you look at somebody like Fowler and it's less to me about Fowler himself and more about like, because JT is going the distance, right? Yep. JT is going to play every match. And so if JT's like, I want Fowler, well, <laughs> guess what? Fowler's going the distance too. And yeah. so, if he kind of, I don't want to say lashes on there, but if he like partners up with him, gets, you know, two and a half, three points, then wins a singles match. And all of a sudden you're like, wait a second, Ricky Fowler's got four and a half points on, on Sunday afternoon. So I think that's the other one that uh, kind of sticks out to me just looking at it. 
I saw that one too, and and you're right. Like the, for, through the first four sessions, Fowler and Justin Thomas could have the same number of points because they've won them together or they've lost them together, right. and then it just kind of comes down to whatever that singles match is, which a lot of it could be luck of the draw. Justin Thomas could draw a hot Adam Scott or a Hideki, and Fowler could get CT Pan or something like that. So I do think it's interesting, Mark. I mean, you mentioned Bryson DeChambeau. If if you think he's going to run out there five times at fourteen to one, he is someone that would certainly. Uh, want to be one of my investments you don't win the u.s amateur by accident (laughs) that's true that's true (laughs) that is one of the most grueling events there is i mean you've got 36 holes a match play then uh, stroke play i should say to qualify and then you have to go head to head against a number of guys that are playing well at the time and and they play these on difficult golf courses so he does have the match play pedigree um i i I would certainly give him a little bit of a look but i've got my own gary woodland personally And the guy is playing great. He played well, but for like four holes down at uh, the Hero World Challenge and similar sort of conditions. And, and it's all with Woodland because we know he strikes it great. But the, there's been a massive up, uptick in the short game underneath Pete Cowan, Cowan and then the putting um, and, uh, underneath a noted, a noted putting instructor from the United Kingdom. Um, so, so I think the way he's striking it, the way Gary Woodland is putting it, uh, I think, man, I would keep my eye on Gary Woodland for the week too. Yeah, that's interesting. He did stumble out of the gate on Sunday there, or I guess it was Saturday at the Hero World Challenge. So used to saying Sunday is the final round, uh, but was able to right the ship so quickly he can make birdies in bunches. I I do like that. Now the good news is, uh, you know, we'll know who's going to be playing uh, that first session, and you know, four of these guys aren't going to play uh, on, on day one, which means. You know, they're going to be behind the eight ball on gathering points. So if you are actually, in, you know, making an investment, uh, you'd probably be best off just kind of waiting to see what those what those matchups are going to be out of the gate. Might give you just a little bit of an extra edge. Um, let's jump over to the international team here real quick. Uh, Hideki Matsuyama, four and a half to one to be your top international score. Adam Scott, five to one. Louis at six. Mark Leishman, Sung Jae and Cam Smith all at eight. Uh, Joaquin Neiman, 14 to 1. Hao Tong, Adam Hadwin, Abraham Answer, all 18 to 1. Benny Ahn is 14 to 1 as well. Missed him. And then CT Pan, this was kind of the, the most interesting thing. You know, on the U.S. team, the odds jump from Bryson at 14 to Kucher at 20 as the last guy. This goes from 18 to 1 to CT Pan all the way down at 35 to 1. Kyle, uh, I know you're a big Sung Jae guy, as am I. To me, the the value here I think lies in Cam Smith at eight to one, just because I expect him to play quite a bit. He he can um, find success in Australia. I think his game translates to Royal Melbourne. And again, for me, it's a lot about opportunity. Yeah, I love the uh, I like Cam Smith. I don't know if I like him as much as I did 24 hours ago. I, yeah. <laughs> After the target he just put on himself. Yeah, that's that's tough to go back that up. I I, I mean I love his game. I think he's just fantastic i think he's a great player but i'm gonna go ben on here at 14 to 1 um you know we, we, we talked earlier about just good ball striking great iron play he's one of the best i i you know it, the putting is you know it is what it is I, i'm interested to see who he gets paired up with because that'll affect i mean that affects the majority of of you know who the top scorer is so um yeah i like i like i i picked a Mark and I did a show earlier and I picked Ben on as my top international score. So I'm going to, I'm going to stick with that with him at 14 to one. I think it's also easy to see the storyline of like, 
hey, you know, uh, maybe it was good for Jason Day to bow out and let Ben, you know, like th- yeah. this whole like, oh, Ben on comes in and scores three and a half points and you know, carries the international team. I, I think that storyline is definitely in play and I think could uh, could play out in Australia this week. By the way, do you think there was a uh, – did Gary Woodland have to pay a tariff on his uh, ball flight getting into Australia? Because <laughs> it is it is illegal. It should be illegal. He shouldn't be allowed to, like, cross countries with it. Yeah, he's he's not human. Uh, some of those sick. shots he hit, like he's the best like shot tracker, whatever it's called, top tracker technology. Uh, he's like the best guy to watch. I, I could watch that all day. Now, see, this is what's interesting, Mark. You're you're a you're a vet. I was I was expecting more out of Kyle on this because you could have just not picked Ben on, picked someone else, and claimed you were right. You would have had two chances to claim you were right on on two different <laughs> platforms. That's such a rookie move to take the same guy in both spots. I'm a man of integrity. <laughs> but he's also the guy that's going to the grave with Jordan Spieth. So. That's true. That's true. Um, all right. So, so Mark, I mean, this international team to me is 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 really I, I see wild card after wild card here. Um, it, I don't know. You know, I can make a case for a lot of these guys. Like I said, I like Cam Smith. I think Benny on is interesting. But what I think we might see is whoever gets hot early, and we've seen this in the past where even like a captain's pick, I forget what year it was, but J.B. Holmes was a captain's pick one year. You know, he wins his first match, so he gets sent out there again. He wins his second match. Then he goes out there and he plays again. Like, if you lose your first match, you might you might take a seat the next time. So a lot of this might just come down to whoever the hot hand is. But do you see any one of these guys that could kind of come out of this group as the as the top scorer? I do, I, I do indeed, and and just just to sort of revisit the CT Pan thing, I was on the call a couple of years ago in Liberty National up in New Jersey. I mean, in the shadow of New York City, and the Americans opened up the proverbial can on the international, <laughs> and there was a guy called Jonathan Vegas who no one expected, who became basically the lightning rod for the uh, international team, and he, I think, if memory serves, uh, earned the most points, and he saw action in every session. So. I'd, I'd be a little circumspect when I was looking into numbers like this. But that being said, there's a guy who's going to see action in five matches. He's been spectacular this year. He's super consistent. He puts the eyes out of the thing. He's currently sixth, I think it is, on the PGA Tour. And I think he's got a pretty cool potential partner in Ben Ahn. So I, I, I think the Sungjae Im Ben Ahn combination. Yes. <laughs> and, and they've got similar games. They, they complement each other. They speak the same language, which is a big deal, okay? Because communication is crucial and, and flow of communication is crucial. It's not like I, I speak broken English to you and you sort of nod your head like Adam's Deki Matsuyama a few years ago at, at, at Memorial at Muirfield Village. I mean, I, I joked with Adam. He goes, look, great shot is kind of the universal language. So that's all I say <laughs> all day long. But, but these guys are comfortable. So I, I'm going with Sung JM and I feel like he's going to play with Ben Ahn. So maybe at the end of the day, Carl and I will be a, a matchup here for most points earned. Yeah, I don't know about you guys. I'm all for renaming this podcast like the Sung J M Pod. Like I, I just the love in my heart cannot be described uh, for for this guy. He's so good. Um, so so here's what we've got on tap for this week. We're gonna come at you uh, with reviews after each round. So this is our last chance. I want to get us on the record for what we think the final score for this is going to be. So I'll, I'll go first here. I'm gonna stick with uh, the U S being uh, victorious. Uh, when they, when they come through this on, on Sunday, but I think it's gonna be, 
you know, we talked about this. It can look a lot closer at times. I'm going to go with uh, U.S. 17, International 13, and that is my official pick for this week. Kyle, what say you? Kyle's speechless again. He's so speechless. <laughs> you got it. Sorry, I'm, I muted the groundskeepers <laughs> there. That was my fault. Um, I'm going to go U.S. 16-14, so a little, a little tighter. Um I don't, I don't know that it'll ever be like in doubt, in doubt, but I think it'll certainly be more fun just because of the risk reward nature of, of Mel, of Royal Melbourne uh, that we talked about earlier. I think, I think this President's Cup will be a lot more fun than the last one was. At least I hope it is if I'm staying up until 2 a.m. watching it. <laughs> That's a good point. We're just for our own uh, viewing pleasure. We hope it's tight. Um, all right, Mark, wrap us up here. What do you think? What's your final prediction for this President's Cup? Okay, this is the romantic in me, you know. We can <laughs> do it. <laughs> at the Amstel perfect finish before. Uh, you, you know what? In fan courts, uh, President's Cup over in South Africa many moons ago, it, it ended up tied and you had the, the, the final match, the, the playoff match in the gloaming there and, and Tiger buries the putt and Ernie holds on top of him and then the next thing Gary Player and Jack Nicholas are calling up President Bush and they're <laughs> the tie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd like to see 15-15, and I th- you, you said there's extra holes, right? Could no, there's that? no extra holes. They split it. Well, well, I'd love to see 15-15 splits. Because <laughs> you, I, you want to see a tie? I have divided interests, Kyle. Remember, I'm South African, but I'm also American. <laughs> One of those. <laughs> so I, 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 I'd love to see it, but that being said, let me switch off my romantic and say the, the, university, uh, the United States are just too strong. I, I think... The 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 uh, internationals will put out um, a, a, a manful, gameful performance and, and do the tournament some 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 justice and, and sort of bring some lure back to the tournament. But I think the Americans are just too big and and they pull it out 17-13. All right, there it is. A tie would get you 14 to one on your money at the Westgate, Mark, if you're interested. But um, we are now all on the record, um, and we're interested to hear what. The listening audience thinks is going to happen. So let us know. Leave us a review with who you believe is going to be winning in Melbourne and why. I'm sure it'll be five stars. Or you can tweet us. Get at Kyle. It's at Kyle Porter CBS. You can reach Mark at Mark underscore Immelman or shoot me a note. It's at Rick Run Good. We'll talk to you guys very soon. I can't believe Mark picked a tie. That's unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.